at yourself and say, with the situation confronting me, with the stage I am in my life at this point, I don't even feel like anyone talk, talk less of being inheritors of the throne of the Father. But that's what you are. We see in the scripture this morning that he is faithful. Even if we deny him, if we do not know who we are, God is the God. He is the Almighty. And he does not change. And his word is true. But we will do ourselves a word of good this morning by reasoning with God, by having the understanding that we are who God says we are. Now, you might ask yourself this question. How do I know that I am born to rule? If you turn to me, to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, from verse 26, please. Right from the beginning, God has given us the scepter of rulership. It's just to take hold of it and start operating in it. In verse 26 of Genesis 1, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own likeness, or in our own image, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all creatures that move along the ground. Does that sound like God giving us authority? It's clear there. It said, rulership, our rulership is over all the earth. And what does that entail? I'm sick. Doctor, I said, I have so, so, so time to live. If you claim your rulership and begin to change your mindset, rather than looking down that sickness and letting it have control or dominion over you, even though it's there, that my child that I'm still praying for, that my husband, that my marriage, that promise that God has promised for me, for a, covenant, a child of covenant, I'm still waiting, that husband, that wife, whatever the situation, oh, I've been living in this, in this country for X amount of years, I, I keep watching over my back. But God is saying to you, you can rule over others. As long as you are still here, as, as long as you are still living, there is hope for you. So I want you to have the, the, that mindset that the word of God concerning you and I is true. And that is what, by the enablement of the Holy Spirit, that you should leave this place with. God created us in his image. What a privilege. It is a great privilege. We did not have human head and a tail to go with it. But we are, whatever shape, whatever size, we are the image of the Father. And he has given us dominion over all the earth. So we have control of the situation that, that, that my boss has always getting on my nerves. He has given us the grace to know how to manage them and handle them and be victorious. Amen. And if I can also confirm to us further in Psalm 115 verse 16. Let's see what the Bible says. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth 
he has given to man. Man as in both men and women, because we are sons, he regarded us as that. Because of the sonship, the spirit of sonship he has given unto us. So we are to rule on this earth. What does it even mean to rule, somebody might ask. To control, to take over, to walk over, to determine the course of affairs in your life or in the situation you find yourself. Amen? Are you getting something this morning? Because we must not live here the same. The word of God has come to us this morning. And we must take hold of it. And I pray that the word will mingle with faith in your heart this morning. And cause you to act. You are at one point in this church, if you are relatively new, you might not know. Apostle preached this message, the power of imagination. And it's true. If you, are, you cannot imagine yourself being somewhere, like if you cannot imagine yourself being a graduate, you won't even apply to the university. But the time you start to imagine yourself, I want to, at the end of three years, or if I'm a part-time student, it be more, throw my heart with my friend. Then you, got, you begin to see, even if you are a primary six older, you begin to, to think, you begin to imagine yourself. One day I want to wear that graduation gown. And I want to march forward. I want my name to be called. Then action will begin. Because the power of imagination leads to decision making. Most of the things that you have been able to accomplish in life is because you can imagine them. You start to dream about them. Sometimes you start to have sleeplessness about them. And sometimes you start to articulate them and put them in paper. Then you are able to make decisions. And that's what I want you to have at the back of your mind this morning. That you are born to rule. You are a royal priesthood. A chosen people. In First Peter 2.9, it also affirmed to us that scripture that I have just quoted. It's not my word. It's the word of God. God is telling you this morning, whatever your name is, whatever points you are in your life, that you are a royal priesthood. You have been chosen by God. Even when you and I were running away from God, He chose us. He has chosen you, and you are His priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. You are called to proclaim His excellencies, his, his, his glory, His majesty. And who are those people that are addressed by the title, your, your royal highness? It's those who are, live, who are in position of authority. Those who belong to the palace. Amen? Romans 8, 15 to 17, also tells us how we are to conduct ourselves as ruler. Or people born to rule. It says, For you do not receive, you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba Father. If you are an illegitimate child, if you do not know that a person is your true father, 
you will not have that confidence or boldness to address them as father, isn't it? Because, or your mom show you, this is your dad, and you, you, you just think, I don't like the way my dad look. I want to adopt another father. The fact, the fact remains that when your genetic makeup is done, your DNA, that father that you do will still be your father. More so is God. He has given us that privilege to call him father. Let me, let me pause for a minute and go back to the scripture we started with. It says, if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. There's condition to that. The reason why many of us cannot boldly call God our father, the reason why many times we still like take steps backward instead of walking forward and not know our rights, is because of sin. It's because sometimes we want to do things our own way. We do not want to endure the hardship. Look, even for the people in the royal palace, there are a set of rules and ordinances that governs them. And that's why you cannot, they cannot walk anyhow or be in certain places. They are forbidden because they are royalty. How much more we, the priesthood of Christ Jesus, we cannot talk certain talk, walk certain way. And that's not pride. We have to know who we are. You know, sometimes it amazes me. Christians are having like a social gathering. And you go there. In the first place, the, maybe apostle is there or the pastor representing him. They pray for us. We conduct our services in godly way. And then before you know it, people are now taking over. And all the things that you do not expect or it's not befitting of the gathering of the saints we now do it there. That's because we do not know who we are and we allow these people. They don't want to succumb to our own way of life and we give them unconsciously that permission to determine how the order of things will be in our gathering. If we, are, we tend to do that, we need to stop doing that because it is not befitting. You can imagine if I have such privilege and the king wants to, or the queen, Aruya Agnes, wants to honor me and give me like OBE, order of the British Empire. They have to tell me the type of clothes to wear to the gathering. We are to sit because there's hierarchy and there's orderliness. How much more in the household of God? We cannot break the standard of God. We have to live according to the standard of God to be able to get the benefits that comes from it. Amen? And hence, Isaiah, I'm talking now about what is expected of people who are born to rule. How do we conduct ourselves? In the first place, Isaiah 1.19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. That means, it's not half obedience. It's not obedience when pastors are there, obedience when I'm in church. 
that obedience, that willingness to serve the Father must follow us everywhere. Believe you me, with our lives, the way we conduct ourselves, it can preach to people much more than standing in front of the church and giving tracts. I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't do that because we, we are supposed to do that. That is the great command. But I'm saying that we should be an epistle that can be read by all men. And that is part of us. Taking dominion, being in the counsel of the Father, knowing who we are, no matter how the temptation, saying, no, I vote, I, I, I vote for Christ because I am a royal priesthood and the Lord will help us. Amen? First Peter, please, chapter 1. From 13 to 17. I'm still talking about how we conduct ourselves as ruler or people born to rule. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. Heaven is our home. We are just passing through this earth. We pray for long life, even if someone is to live 150 years. One day we will be called home if Jesus doesn't come. Even Methuselah lived 969 years. He was still called home. So we have to know that we have a place that we are going. Our heavenly kingdom. And the way we live on this earthly kingdom. We determine what will become of us or where we will be. Our treasures should be laid on a daily basis in heaven to please the Father. Amen. First Peter two, please. Twenty one to twenty five. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. To this you were called. Okay, twenty two, please. I've read that. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wound, you have been healed. Look at that. That is self-explanatory. 
are we reflecting Christ on a daily basis? Some Christians, and I hope this morning that person is not here, their words are not credible. If they say good morning, you have to quickly look outside of the window because it might be night time. I don't know. They just love to play game or lie for no just cause, for no reason. Satan is the father of liars. If anyone has such weakness today, because the word of God has come to you, you will be delivered. Because he said there, that in ignorance, and truly, before we have the knowledge of Christ, there are things that we just do anyhow, randomly. And it, it wasn't because we, we were bad. It was because the light of God was not in us. We didn't know our right from our left. But now that we have the word of God, we, we will be held accountable for everything that we do against the knowledge of God or against his precepts. But we still have hope because we are here this morning and we are hearing this. We want to, to, to just ask the Lord, Lord, help me. Because it's not by power or by might, especially in these perilous times. If you, are, you want to live for God, you want to serve God, you are, you are treading a lonely path. And, but we know already that narrow is the way that leads to heaven. So you have to stay in step with Christ. You have to be on that narrow path. That is what sets you apart. It might make you to be like a loner sometimes. But you know what you are hoping to get because our inheritance is in heaven. And the Lord will help us to be able to run the race unto the end in Jesus' name. Galatians 5, please. I'm still talking about how to conduct ourselves as rulers or people born to rule. Galatians 5, 16-23 So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debunkery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, Selfish ambition, dissensions, fashions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. We have been warned several times in this household. Anyone that comes to this altar of grace... They don't come to us and say, grab it, claim it. They preach the message of hope for us. The message to encourage us to step out and take our rightful position. 
But they also, above all, the priority is the message that gives us hope or that, that helps us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So none of us can say that we have not heard this before unless someone is just visiting us for the first time. And I pray that as I'm speaking, if that person is here today, the Lord will expand the word into the hearts of such people in Jesus' name. So we are not to give in to sinful nature, lies, claiming what does not belong to us. Believe you me, even if it's 20 years' time, people will reap whatever they sow. If people sow this God, they will reap it in abundant measure. If people sow hatred, they will reap it in abundant measure. If people are deceptive towards fellow believers, people will deceive them. And heal God in words shall do and do away. Oh, what is, how, why is God expecting us to, to be like? Who are the people who are free from this sinful nature? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. If you look at the fruit of the Spirit that have just read out to us, if you love someone, it doesn't cost you anything. If you are a peaceful person, you do yourself good. Because if people are prone to jealousy, fits of rage, they destroy their body. Even science proves that. If you are somebody that is prone to get angry, you use a lot of muscles to do that. But if you smile, your flesh is replenished. And that is science. You don't wrinkle <laughs> early in life. And that's true. That is proven scientifically. The, I, I look at the scripture. I, sometimes I'm so full of joy that, Lord, thank you for giving me the opportunity to know you because there's nothing that the science wants to say that's not in the Bible. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything that we need to know for life, for godliness, every situation we are passing through is there in the Bible. The problem and the remedy, they are all there in the Bible. We just need, that's why you often hear apostles say, don't just read the Bible, study the Bible. When you study the Bible, new insights will be coming all the time and you will enjoy the presence of the Father. Amen. I hope we are taking something there. In First Peter 5.8, I'm still talking thank you, Dickness, about how we need to conduct ourselves as people born to rule. Because we need to know this. Because you can't be, you can't live here and say, Apostle started by talking, born to rule. I don't even know what is expected of me. How do I conduct my affairs? And that's why I'm dwelling on that a lot. The Bible commands us to be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Look whom looking for someone to devour. 
resist him, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So, whatever you might say that you are going through right now, the Bible lets you understand that your brethren across the world, we are even living in a privileged position. In our time, people cannot worship, cannot go to church like this. They ha- in some nations, they have to go underground because the permission is not there to come to house of worship like this. So when we have this opportunity, we have to grab it with whole hands, with our whole hands, with the whole of our being, and walk while it is day, because night time cometh, no, where no one can walk anymore. Job 20, 22, 21 to 23, please. And that is part of this scripture that also used to admonish us on Fridays. It says, submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Accept instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove wickedness far from your tent, and assign, okay. if you re, re, let's stop in there. If you remove wickedness, there's still hope. If you turn to God, if you accept instruction, and God Himself, apart from when we are in grace to hear the audible voice of God, God is speaking through the pulpit. God is speaking through your friends. God is speaking everywhere. And it says there in that scripture, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Because in one adage they said, A word is enough for the wise. We have to be at peace with God. How can I be at peace with God? I'm not fighting God. Somebody might ask. We, are to, we see in the Bible clearly we are to pay our tithes. And somebody said, I barely have my three square meals. How can I pay my tithes? That's not being at peace with God. Because that person is saying to God, You are not, I can't believe you in that aspect. I have to take ownership of my life, of my finance. And you will be left with it to deal with it. With the little pennies or pounds, no matter how much, it's still insignificant with God. And if God sees that we cannot even be faithful in little, how can he entrust us with so much? Because such person, if they start earning like 100,000 a year, and then we know that the tenth of 100,000 should be 10,000 pounds, Lord, that, that 10,000 pounds, I better pay 1,000. That person is not at peace with God. But mind you, what I notice, the person, the car we spoke today, maybe two tickets of 65 pounds a month, and if they are lucky, they don't pay it within the two weeks that they give, they'll pay 260 pounds. So the money that should have been for God, that, the God, that is the scripture. I don't know. Someone can remind me of another scripture. When I look at that scripture, 
that's the only scripture in Malachi 3. Then I said, test me in this. And if somebody is saying, oh Lord, I can't believe you in this. I can't test you in this. I have to do it in my own way. And they get their own reward. Because to the crooked, God will show himself crooked. And there are so many ways. Before they tell us, we are to bread the bread and we have to do this. And I'm not suggesting that there has not been time in my life that I don't even have a penny as well. But it's the mindset. If you are sitting here and say, Lord, what is this pastor saying? It's all well for her to be talking like this. She has a gainful employment. We all go through times and seasons. Time of wilderness. And how we, how we deal with that time our reliance on God, our faithfulness on God, we, be, we determine how we will come out of that situation. If you are so, so much, I want to take ownership of my life and do it my own way, then you get your own way answer. And please let me explain. I'm not saying somebody should be reckless and say, I leave it to God instead of going to look for a job. I'm sleeping at home, praying and fasting and leaving it to God. That is ill-informed and that is not wise at all that's not what i'm suggesting i'm just suggesting that when the lord commands his priest that we know and what is expected of a believer and we are trying to go our own way to do it we get our own way results and i hope that person is not here today and if you are struggling and you know, lord i really want to obey you in terms of what Dick and the pastor has said this morning about tithes, it's not my fault. I need a job. And God will minister to you this morning. And you'll become faithful. And if you, in the past, the reason you find yourself in that situation is because of unfaithfulness. Please change the order of things. Because God said there, if you turn to me, I will turn to you. There's still hope for us. And that's why we come to the church on a daily basis to get strength, to get instruction again, to, to remind ourselves what has been taught to us, to know who we are again. And there are times, situations will come, circumstances will come. It seems as if we are not in control of what is going on. But God is in control of your life this morning. He will return to you what has been lost and what has been stolen. The scepter of rulership will release into your hand this morning and you begin to take your rightful position in Jesus' name. Isaiah 66, verse 2, please. I'm still talking about how we conduct ourselves as people in authority. Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. This is the one I esteem, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. This is the person that God esteems. And God exalts the person. They begin to find favor here and there. People come to their aid in time of need. Well, 
get them into this position because they are humble and contrite in spirit and tremble at God's word. Let me tell you, many, there are times that maybe when apostle is given instruction, I don't have understanding myself. But I'll say, Lord, as long as you are the one speaking, how we run with this world. And in no time, understanding will come. We, we, let's not be too knowledgeable in our own, in, in our, for our own, not, <laughs> I don't know how to put it now. I'm just saying, trying to say that when the word of God comes from the pulpit, let us not use our own wisdom or own intellect to interpret it. Because the word of God is deeper than that. But when we humble ourselves and we tremble at God's word, then God will esteem us. Understanding will come to us. Amen? Now, we have discovered who we are, what is expected of us. So what is the ultimate or the goal of ruling on earth? What will become of us? Or what will be, be the benefit of living this life? First Peter 5, 4, please. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. When we are able to rule on earth by the enablement of the Holy Spirit, he has called us into a living hope. We will receive our heavenly crown. Because remember in that Psalm 115 that I read earlier, the heavenly kingdoms belong to, Lord, to, to the Lord. And we will reign with him eventually when we overcome. He has a crown of glory and honor that is prepared for us that is never fade, fading or never ending. It will not fade away. It will be shy. I want to be there. I want to be there. I pray that you and I will be there in Jesus' name. Another reason why we must live on earth as rulers, why we must overcome, is in Revelation 3 8. I know your deeds. And this was God talking to the church in Philadelphia. Because you might be sitting there and thinking, only me to fulfill all the scripture, to live all this life that is being spoken to us. Apostle, we am I, reverend, we am I. And there are pastors, we come and hammer it. My own group leader, we hammer it. But there is, he knows that you have a little strength, but his grace is sufficient for you. And if you can endure and fight like a soldier and not be entangled in civilian matters. Did you ever see when police are going, they don't stop for anyone chitty-chatty. Maybe some on the road, if they are not too busy, you ask them for the road, they'll quickly direct you. But as long as their pager sounds and they are needed, they go. You also know that even if they are your brothers and sisters and they are dressed in their regalia and their uniform, you cannot play around with them because they are on duty. And that's how we should be. Look at what it says in there. I know your deeds. See, 
I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. Our little strength, as long as we mingle it with the strength of God, He is the Almighty. And He promised us, He said, a little of us, just one of us, we have the ability of a thousand people in that book of Isaiah there. So, that little strength, that little obedience, the Lord, I, I don't have the know-how, but I rest on your word. I rest on your strength. And that, that footprint always encourages me where the, the path, you're walking by the side of Jesus, and at some point, it's just so just a pair of footprints, and you start wondering, Jesus, well, you left me at that point, and I was on my own, and I had only me, little strength. And Jesus replied, that time I was carrying you on your shoulder. No one can do it on their own. Many at times we are about to fall. We are about to give up. The difference between us and, our, and those we read about them in newspaper or on the dailies, that somebody jumped into the sea and stuff, is the Holy Spirit. There are times people have gone to the lowest of the lowest. But in that book of Psalm 136 that we read, it says, He remembered us in our low estate. Many a times in our lives, we get to the point of low estate. It's like we cannot pick ourselves up. Then by the time the word of God, the reservoir of God's word that has been stored within, it starts to encourage us. We begin to pick ourselves up little by little and the strength of gold returns. If anyone is sitting here today and saying, that strength, I am at that point, I'm about to give up. The strength of old will return back to you. The price that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary, it will not be in vain over you in Jesus' name. Whatever be the situation, rise up and take ownership because you have been given the power to rule. Amen. In Revelation 3.12, as I says, with your little strength, when you serve the Lord, and you walk in step with Him, and on a daily basis, you rely on God's grace and strength. This is the promise to you. It says, to Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will you leave the temple of the Most High God. The, the Lord Most High will write on you the name of God and the name of the city of your God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from God, and we will give you a new name. God has a name, all this name that we are bearing now. When we get to heaven, we will be victorious, and we will enter, we will reign, we will sing worship and praises with those four living creatures. And the 24 elders. What we will be doing daily will be to praise the Father. He will wipe away tears. No more sorrow. No more sighing. No more ache and pains. No more, I've not paid my bill. No more belief is coming. For you shall be victorious. But before that time, 
we are still victorious people on this planet Earth. Amen? Let's quickly look at Revelation 7, 13 to 17, please. Those who endure hardship and wash their robes clean by the blood of the Lamb, who will stand victorious in his presence. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? Where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he will sit on the throne with spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any squashing heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Amen. This is our portion as victorious people. Even as we are on earth, we might shed little tears here and there because of one disappointment, because of one sorrow, because of one grief. Is wiping our eyes, uh, our tears here, is comforting us by His word. But better still, when we can prevail, if we endure hardship, like Second Timothy two twelve said, we will reign with Him. This that we have read will become our portion, a new name, a new Jerusalem, the land of gold that we will tread. And we thank you, Jesus. Let's begin to rise and thank God for the promises that he has for us. Our Lord and God, we thank him for your word has come forth to us this morning. We exalt your name for the privilege to be your children. Thank you, Lord. Where can we go? Where can we go, Master Jesus? Seeking a refuge for our soul. Where can we go? Where can we go? But unto you, Lord Jesus, who is able to do abundantly more than we think or imagine. Thank you for your word that has come forth to us this morning, my Lord. I worship your name. Lord God of heaven, I present your people unto you this morning. I thank you for your word that has come forth. It will mingle with faith in the life of your people. Strength will rise. Faith will rise. And boldness will come. We begin to take our center of rulership. And we begin to walk as princes and princesses. To proclaim the praise of the Most High God. For the world awaits the manifestation of the sons and daughters of the Most High God. We will manifest. We will reign. We will overcome every, every struggle in our life. For we are victorious. My Lord and my God, when our journey is finished on earth, we will reign with you in your heavenly kingdom. We exalt your name. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you adoration in the mighty name of Jesus. Be there anyone there? And you do not have understanding what I'm saying this morning. Because you have not invited the Lord into your heart. We have all taken that step. And it's simple. You just have to give the ownership of your life to God. And ask him to come into your heart this morning. 
speak to him quietly and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart today. Come into my heart today. Because once you do this once, and you are assured that you have given your life to him, that is it. You begin to enter into his goodness and his power and mercy. Father, we exalt your name. Be there anyone who has come into his sanctuary this morning, not having a clue what it is to be born again, encompass them by the power of your love. Illuminate them, take them out of captivity, and bring them into your marvelous light. My Lord and King, be there anyone who is at the lowest point in their life, they're seeking refuge for their soul. I draw them into your presence by the power of your love. Lord Jesus, surround them by the power of your love. And be there anyone who is counting, oh Lord, you've not done this, you've not done that. The songwriter says, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. My Lord and my God, that we will shift focus, we will not look down, we begin to look up, we begin to look up the imaginations of our life, of our hearts, will be pleasing to you. The power of determination will enter into us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Be there anyone that has been given hopeless news today. Let every man be a liar and let God be true. Be true in the situation of your people. As many who are going for interviews or jump on in this week, Lord Jesus, in these last few days, for the month of April to come to an end. Lord, you will fill their mouths with laughter. You will order their steps aright, O Lord. My Lord, your people will walk victoriously. Lord, Master Jesus, we thank you, Lord. For indeed you are in the midst of your people. We exalt you, Lord. Glory be unto your name. Honor be unto your name. Adoration be unto your name. In the mighty name of Jesus.